And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Follow at your own risk. Joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter as well, at Horizon Matt. You can follow the podcast on Twitter as well, at Horizon RT. And be sure to go to our website, uh, horizonroundtable.com, where all of our articles are, especially everything we did in preview week. Don't want to miss that. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available. Um, as promised, and not, not even as promised as we kind of predicted was going to happen, our first our first epi- our epi- one episode for preview week just wasn't enough. Just wasn't enough. Because oh, wait, just- there's more. What? Wait, 15 articles didn't fit into one episode? No, not a one. No way. So joining us, of course, as you can hear already, you know, <laughs> staying with us at the very least, is the architect of this, this grand scheme, John Parker. How's it going, guys? Yeah, so, yes. So uh, we left off. Uh, so we're gonna do uh, twenty more minutes of Cleveland State. Or are we moving on? <laughs> we're not doing twenty more minutes of Cleveland State. We're getting to the fifth place team, which is the who we picked at fifth place is UIC. Um, I, I we picked them fifth. I did not pick them anywhere near that high, and I certainly <laughs> I actually picked them tenth, and I feel like an idiot for picking them tenth. I already do. It's we're not even done with it. We haven't even started the season yet, and I instantly regret picking them as low as I did, um, because somebody didn't take into account they were going to get all their waivers. They are doing something <laughs> yeah. right over at the NCAA because they've got them all. They all got them all. It's early. true. You they go absolutely uh, got them all. It's insane. They were anticipating yeah. like, okay, we we think this guy is going to you know redshirt the year, but everyone else is going to be eligible right away. Nope. No. With everyone else, I think it was Zion Griffin. Who, like, I think, it was, yeah, it was. They so, so, yeah, they got everybody. It's insane. I cannot believe that that happened. I mean, we should be totally believe that that happened, but you know, but that's exactly what happened. So, my always, you know, our biggest, my biggest question probably for this next year, obviously, they have a new coach, obviously, Luke Yaklich, but they also they also lost their entire backcourt. So, no, Godwin Bowen is gone. Targus Ferguson is gone. Marcus Adi is gone. How do you replace those guys? And Luke Yaklich had himself the answer there, which is I'm going to bring in and make sure that they get their waivers, Maurice Commander, Zion Griffin, and Tavion Kirk. No problem. Yep, and then Raekwondas Mitchell in junior college just for good measure. Yeah, just for good measure. So like yeah so yeah you know so Maurice Commander was a so Commander was a was a three star guy out of Chattanooga he came over he's gonna you know he's got his waiver he's definitely gonna be a starter um, Tavion Kirk from Colorado State well it's a little confusing because so he, he's a weird story because Tavion Kirk originally was with Ohio U. then he transferred to Colorado State didn't play a single game at Colorado State. And decided to go to UIC instead. Yeah, I know this is going to hurt you, but it's the Rasheem Dunn situation from last year. So why does that hurt me? We were supposed to talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I knew the second that Dennis Felton was gone, he was gone just as fast. So, and by the actually not well actually too because not uh, yeah, but at least the NCAA learned their lesson and said yeah. Hey, maybe you know, and the guy sat out a year. He doesn't have to suffer anymore. 
Yeah. And maybe they finally got around to learning their lesson. But in addition, you know, they also now mind you, mind you too, along with them, they also have they have Braylon Bridges, who was the was their starter from last year, and they have Michael Diggins too. And I think Michael Diggins is definitely he's definitely a guy to look out for because he's I don't know. I mean, it, there's something about him. He's he jumps out of the gym first of all. And I think that is kind of where a lot of the enthusiasm for UIC comes from, because I actually think Braylon Bridges is going to be a guy who's going to blow up this year. So <laughs> it's like, uh, which one of them is going to be the star? It's definitely going to happen. And then, yeah, but and and to and you know, and again, Yaklage absolutely addressed their concern about okay, how am I going to how am I going to fill the backcourt? <laughs> I mean. Because that was going to be a major question for them, but now it isn't. Um, yeah, and then of course you know backing them up, of course, is Jamie Hale, who's going to probably shoot threes like it's going out of style. Yeah. And then you add it, and then you add in Mitchell, who in a couple who in a couple of publications they they picked to start too. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. yeah, I know uh, Eduardo Martinez with us was really high on him, and I was really high on Tavion Kirk. Um, they're Yaklish has been there for a few months and they already have like a log jam. What happened? I almost feel That's like with true. UIC and, and coach Yak, you're, you're the window's not going to be open for very long. You just can't like, if he did all of this at UIC that fast, you can't imagine he's going to be there forever. <sighs> the big 10 comes a calling. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I, I was not actually in, wondering if we State. wanted to get into not that Penn a little State, later. By the way, not yeah, I, I don't think it would be Penn State just because I think for him to hold out for a gig where he's making, you know, Scott Nagy money, I don't think he's going to leave for the first job. I actually think um, pressure's probably going to be on Patino at Minnesota. I know we brought them up last year. Well, I did. Um, you did. That's true. If there's a coaching change there, I think, you know, with him being a guy with kind of Wisconsin and Michigan and now Illinois ties, it makes more sense for him to wind up yeah. on the West side of the big 10. Um, I don't know if, it, but I honestly don't know if he, you know, I don't know if he's one of these one and done guys in the horizon league though. I don't think he's going to yeah. do the Laval Jordan thing. <laughs> I, just, I don't see it. I don't see it. That's fair. Laval Jordan, I mean, I mean, if we're if we're being honest, Laval Jordan left Milwaukee to go back to his alma mater. Yeah, it's a totally. And that is not going to be. That is not what's going to happen here with. That is absolutely not what's going to happen here with Luke Yaklich. So I get you know I would give him way more time than that. So that that Minnesota job that Patino Richard Patino probably is going to lose after this year. I think he's totally lucked out with. The, I think he you know. You know, he totally lucked out when the season got canceled. So, yeah, um, should, he should have been gone, but he isn't. Did we want to real quick talk about how many of the guys in the Horizon League could be in the mix for that Penn State job? I was thinking about bringing it up since we didn't really have a chance to with, you know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't I mean, I I don't see if any tool was going to go somewhere. I don't see him being at Penn State. I, I just don't see it. So. Uh, is I mean he's he's had that, a, he's had he's that, been there for about a decade and I think he's been there long enough and has has created a foundation long enough that he can kind of pick his shots at this point and I don't think I don't think Penn State's that shot. 
I, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. Um, I just think with you know, Yaklich has already been brought up. Uh, Tool was the other guy who was brought up by. I want to say it was. So I know. Let's see. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, the there are you know the rest of the top people five. who don't write for us. That's who did it. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the top five in the league is all projected to be from Ohio, which touches Pennsylvania. Like none of them would be necessarily my first pick to go, but you know, with that kind of, cause if, you know, I know you mentally just kind of connect Calhoun with West Virginia and Bob Huggins. I do. Um, I, do. I still do. I, I think we, you and I probably both have the same thought on Dennis Gates with Florida state. Don't, uh, start. Don't get me started. <laughs> Hey, you got your damn. You got year two. I have. I got my two, but I also know. But I also know that if Dennis Gates actually does eventually go to Florida State, at least he's got like a bunch of guys under him who could capably, who could probably, you know, pass the torch. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for. Uh, I, you know, I personally, you know, no, no offense to Rob Summers, but if Dennis Gates does leave, I'm holding out for. I'm holding out for Cleveland State head coach Drew Joyce the third. Okay. So. There you go, um, but no, I don't think. Yeah, I let's cross yeah, the bridge when we get to it. I, 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 it's still a super scary thought for me. Um, yeah. I'm just, I've just gotten used to him, you know, doing really good things at Cleveland State. Let's, let's, you know, let's kind of temper our expectations. Yeah. Hey, we're, hey, we're already two episodes into a preview. Let's go to a third topic real quick. <laughs> oh, Jesus. yeah, that's true. So yeah, we had um, but yeah, I mean. If you look at her for, from a Horizon League standpoint, the you know they, I'm sure that. Names have been kicked about, and again, this is probably going to happen until the next year because I got an interim in there right now at Penn State. Uh, I'm sure Andy Tool's name is going to get kicked around. I'm sure Jared Calhoun's name is going to get kicked around. I'm sure, even though he just got here, Luke Yaklich's name is going to get kicked around. Maybe even Scott Nagy, even though this is probably not a gig he would want to get. I mean, I'm sure he's even way higher than that. Right of the Big Ten makes more sense. Also, to be fair, his name was kicked around on the, with the Minnesota job too. So I mean. Who knows? By me, but <laughs> um, by you, yeah. I, I, with him having, you know, South Dakota and recruiting the heck out of Minnesota and Wisconsin in his past, I think that's another one where the west side of the conference makes more sense. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Penn State doesn't really Penn State doesn't really make any sense, but yeah. But well, I, we, you know, I, I think I think the trajectory for Luke Yaklich probably depends upon the foundation you put together for this season and. Um, uh, and it's interesting because it doesn't seem if we, we talk about kind of how consistently, you know, consistent UIC was under Steve McLean, where they wasn't, where they weren't terrible. They weren't great, but they weren't terrible. You know, they were always, you know, a couple of games over 500 every year, you know, after his first season. Yeah. And I think, so, so it's not like, you know, but, you know, I think the, I think Yaklage's challenge is to take what, take what which was going to be a challenge for anybody who took over for steve mclean is finally get get them to crack the ceiling yeah and i think that spot where it's interesting with him you know he's mclean came in as kind of like a you know thought of highly as a recruiter whereas yaklich um it was his defense that really made him notable so to have a bunch of you know pretty highly touted guys come in right away all get eligible right away all of a sudden, this team that just lost, you know, four 
huge players last year has a lineup full of juniors and seniors and, you know, red shirt juniors and seniors. And um, it's a lot to get to play together. But like if they come in, you know, dialed in and play hard nosed defense, that is going to, you know, be something that the horizon league doesn't have a lot of. And I think that's probably why, you know, UIC finished last year in fourth, fourth yeah. and now we're picking them fifth with the, you know, four key key players gone they're not again it's it's not like again it's not like they just they fell off the plant they fell off so much they didn't especially with the new guys they brought in which is interesting because like, we had no idea which of course had i been paying attention i wouldn't have picked them as low as i did <laughs> yeah but again you but again that consistency is there so if they finish this year at relatively the same point that they did last season, which is crazy to think about at this point, with on top of you know what we like to call game planning, which we're not ever 100% sure Steve McLean actually did. I'm assuming he did, but um, <laughs> but yeah, we're you know th- this is where this is going to be the key where Gaklich has to you know step in and make sure and do what McLean was unable to do and get them over the finish line that started when McLean start when McLean was initially hired and UIC was a perennial bottom feeder. They're not that anymore. They just need to get back to the upper echelons where they used to be back in the nineties when Jimmy Collins was in charge. When Jimmy Collins was in charge back in the nineties. I have to clarify that because after the nineties, well, <laughs> well, so, so the next team we got is Oakland and Matt, I got to bring you in on this one because um, before we get started on what they get, what they're all about, um, especially uh, the, the pending waiver of Zion young, which I don't get um, off the, uh, before we, before we started recording, I made the comment that, um, it appears that both uh, both head coach Greg Campy and myself have an interesting issue, as that both of our hair, uh, both of our heads of hair, are getting kind of out of control. Yes, Campy's cut his though, at least somewhat, I believe. He's, he's I, I, so so for those of you scoring at home, I have not. Been, I've actually not been to a. I've not gotten my hair cut in like ten months. Um, the la- I, the last time I got my hair cut, I was a resident of Ohio and then I didn't have the good sense to get my hair cut before the pandemic hit. So I have this, I have these long and flowing locks now that I hide under a hat. Well, and I, I want to do something special with those long and flowing locks. So what I've done is I've challenged Bob. I told him, give me a number and he didn't want to do it, but I kept saying, give me a number. He gave I really me the number. Cause it's just, I, I, cause, uh, okay. Cause you know so, better. I know. First of all, I know better. Second of all, I know what this entails. Um, so, oh my God! So go ahead and explain it to him, Matt. So I got I know- Bob to agree to. I want him to to do his hair in cornrows, inspired by our, our favorite Loud and Love. Oh um, God! And so, sorry, dollars raised for the National Kidney Foundation, right? Is that what you said? That is correct. Yes. Um, for for thousand dollars, Bob's gonna do his hair in cornrows. I've already done it. It's on Twitter. You might have seen it before you even listened to this. Um, there donate, repeat no, it. Okay, first of all, Facebook Horizon Roundtable members. I I'm I'm 
uh, I put that high. I put that number very high to the because there is absolutely no chance in hell we're getting that high. I mean, nobody wants we to can see do this. me in that. You no, wait. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. God, I'm gonna look like uh, what's his face. I'm gonna look like freaking James Franco's character in that one movie, Spring Breakers. I've never seen the movie. I just seen that guy, and oh my God, no, that just. Uh, I know it's for a good cause, but dude, no. And it's it's already out there on Twitter, so it exists now. It's spoken into the universe, and and it's it's happening. It's spoken into the universe. I haven't. Sp- I'm sure after this episode, I'll speak it into the universe on our Twitter, uh, on our on our Twitter, uh, on our Twitter feed. And I'm like, oh boy, I did yeah. it. So we got. Of course, look. you did. It's gonna it's gonna happen. And anything, yeah. even if we don't hit the thousand, then Bob can keep his long flowing locks or whatever. But if we can raise some money for a charity, that's always a good day, right? So that's all good. Yeah. Y'all gonna get super mad at me if I just decide to break down one day and get my hair cut. <laughs> I'll cornrow your little your little hair, whatever you do. Oh jeez, then I'll, instead I'll look like one of those kids from Crisscross. There you go. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's yeah. I, I'm 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 not looking forward to this just because, but you know, it is for, yeah, it is for a good cause. So I for apologize. A great cause, so I we're apologize. gonna make this happen. I'm gonna look so ridiculous. <laughs> I already know I'm gonna look ridiculous. You're gonna have to find the person too, because you know, good luck with that. In Valpo, I got I know people in Valpo. I can do this. You can do this. <laughs> good luck. Oh, I I got someone in mind who I know can help me. Oh, my, you've got to be kidding me with I this. I am not stuff. even kidding you. They are a teacher at Valparaiso High School, so they're, Valpo's not that big. I got this. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, oh, Jesus. Anyway, let's go into the actual – let's go to the actual uh, Oakland thing. And you guys obviously lost a bunch of people. And, yes, so – and you also have a question mark because apparently Rashad Williams is currently hurt. Um, that seems problematic. He, he, so my understanding, he was in a car accident, um, and it's a sh- it's a shooting arm shoulder that's an issue. Um, Ouch. They did an MRI, and it sounds like it's basically doing PT and him figuring out how much pain he can tolerate. Um, my understanding is if the season he was went through a whole to- season with Dennis Felton, I think his threshold for pain is fine. Well, exa- if the season was starting, he'd be playing. That that's my understanding. Now, what's he, what's he going to shoot like? I don't know. We'll find out. Um, is he going to be more of a decoy? Maybe. I I don't really know what what that's going to look like. Or you know, and luckily he still has a few weeks. So, um, but that is a question mark on him right now. Yes, and the other question mark, of course, is the the waiver for Zion Young. What is it with Oakland and the NCAA getting these waivers, man? I, I don't mean, know, but I mean, there's... it's freaking crazy because UIC was able to get all of theirs, but here, here Zion Young is, and I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's so, so weird. As of, as of uh, Sunday when we're recording this, there's currently three Horizon League waivers still pending. Uh, Noel Waterman at Detroit Mercy, Zion Young at Oakland, and Jalen Pipkins at Purdue-Fort Wayne. Those are the only three still pending within the league. Um, so there, I don't think there was a ton in the first place either anyway outside of the UIC ones. Um okay. My under my I get the impression that Oakland feels good about the Zion Young um, waiver. Just I was at I was at a practice this week and they're running him first team as if he's going to be playing. And I don't think you plan for that unless you have a good feeling. And I mean, can't be kind of talked about that. Um, he also played in um, the black and gold scrimmage, which was on ESPN Plus this week. 
um, which I think was marketing genius by Oakland University. I truly mean that, not as an Oakland person. I mean, they capitalized on a day there was no sports, and they put their scrimmage on ESPN+, and people watched it because we're a sports-hungry world right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but even, Zion, we're going to be even hungrier between NFL weeks. Yeah. So in Zion, but Zion was, was a part of that and playing, playing big minutes, uh, a little bit out of control. He's got a lot of learning still to do, um, before he can contribute his, what he's capable of, but hopefully him and Campy can, uh, figure each other out. That is the ultimate hope, of course. And uh, naturally I want to see more of Baba Tunde Suwumni. We all do, but I got to tell you, right now, I, uh, when I started writing the preview, I had him in my starting lineup. And then after talking to a bunch of people, going to practice, doing all that, um, I took him not only out of my starting lineup, I don't think he was mentioned because he's he's end of the bench right now. Unless he really? can put it all together and learn to finish on the offensive end, he's, he's still having some problems. You know, he, he didn't start playing basketball until much later, like late in high school. Um, yeah. It just, it, you know, that's not how he grew up playing. You know, he wasn't from here. He's from uh, Nigeria, maybe. Uh, I'm not. Don't quote me on that. Don't know, remember off the top of my head. I don't want to be wrong. But um, it just wasn't a sport that he was familiar with. And he's still getting comfortable. And that's, you know, and um, Campy talked about the fact that um, COVID shut down all the gyms really hampered him. He didn't get time to get more comfortable playing basketball this summer which really hurt him. And they want him to obviously, I mean, no one else can match with him physically at 6'11", 240, just pure muscle. But he's got to be able to play basketball within that that frame or it doesn't help them. Um, so I don't know how much you're going to see him on the floor unless he can put it sure. together. Yeah, that's true. That's in, yeah, that's interesting because I thought for sure he was going to be the breakout guy this year, but eh, maybe not. And just because I like to put it out there in the universe, I said a lot of really good things about Blink Lampman because I saw in practice what Campy has always raved about him. But then, to be fair, in the, even the black and gold scrimmage watching him, he kind of disappeared because he, he hits every shot in practice and his basketball IQ is so high, you can tell. But I don't know if he can physically compete at the Division One level, even with his own players. It's, it's That's hard just to not going to get you unblocked. Well, I'm just being honest. I think I I can see how smart he is at basketball, and I can see the pure shooter he is. But he's got to be able to do it with Division One players in his face that and people sense. planning for him. But all that also said, if Zion's out there and Rashad's out there, and you are kind of moving people around, and Blake's left open, you kind of have to decide who to defend. That's where I think he becomes becomes dangerous for Oakland. So you were also pretty high on Trey Townsend too. Um, Trey Townsend is someone that wasn't on anybody's radar. Um, he is a Oakland legacy player. His dad played at Oakland, Skip Townsend really? played for Campy. Uh, his mom was on the Oakland, uh, women's team. They were the pioneers back then though. Just a little shout out there. Um, and so he's grown up around the Oakland program and that's something you don't see at the mid major level. I've never seen no. it at Oakland. And, but this is a kid that's grown up at, at Oakland. He's grown up around Campy. He knows the program, and he wants to be wearing the black and gold. It's where he wanted to be. And um, he's come in, and, the, you know, they thought he would be end of the bench. You know, he's got great size. They thought, you know, in a year or two of development, you know, he, he, he might be something. He's out-rebounding everybody on the team, and because of that, he might see the floor even as a starter, as, as a freshman, which is not anything that was expected from him. Um, well. That's subject to change, but Campy's looking for rebounding because he doesn't have a ton, ton of that going on. In a very and, I think that's a, and obviously that's going to be the biggest challenge for for Oakland this Absolutely. year is that that their that that their depth at the in, in the front court is this team not, this kind of way score I mean they got now don't get me wrong they got they got Oladapo but they're losing they lost Brechting they lost FedEx um 
that's gonna be that's gonna be a kicker. Obviously, yeah, this, this team will score. They've got Yusuf Jihad, who uh, redshirted last year. He, I mean, he scored thirty some points in on their Greece trip last year against. Um, you know, it was another. It was a game against like eighteen, nineteen-year-olds instead of like full-on pros, and he he absolutely dominated them. But he's still struggling to rebound, you know. And they're they're trying to bulk him up, and uh, he got hurt last year, so he didn't get to do as much of it. And you know, so there's there's a lot of question marks from the bigs and rebounding, but this team can score. Um, we saw Jalen Moore really start to put on a show in the black and gold um scrimmage. He's going to be a incredibly good point guard in in this league. Um, and he can run the team, and he can shoot. He can do, he can get to the rim. He can this team will score. That's the easiest way to put it. It's it's Oakland of past where I don't know if they can play defense. I don't know if they can do anything except score and they're going to try to outscore you, but they might be successful. Or they might not be. I've seen that happen too. True. That's Oakland. So, the net, so here, after them is, we slotted Northern Kentucky at seven. And I say we in the royal sense because there's all of us who collectively picked them. I, I think there, uh, I mean, it seems this is going to be, this year is going to be Darren Horn's big challenge because we don't know what they, I mean, we, we don't know how much of an effect not having guys like uh, Dantes Walton, Jalen Tate, and Tyler Sharp in the, in, in the rotation is going to have, what effect that's going to have. I mean, the question that we're going to have is, I mean, Adrian Nelson is poised to have another good season. Trey Faulkner was stepped up is stepped up last year when Walton was hurt. Um, Bryson Langdon is you know had had a really good season last year. So the question then becomes is you know what next? You know who is going to be the guys that are going to step up? Is it going to be a guy like Marcus Ward? Is it going to be the guy um, the guy that everybody's been talking about? Who's it's amazing everybody's been talking about this guy and I can't remember his name at the moment. <laughs> An Arizona transfer. That's the one. Um, yep. The Arizona, yeah. See, you know who he is. Uh, <laughs> I don't see. You know what? It's crazy. It's like, I, and you know, I, you know, we had North Nation talking about this guy forever. Um, but Carlos Hines is the one guy. Darius Harding is the other guy, the JUCO yep. guy, um, who is also one of those high-ranked JUCO guys. So that's who the one that I was thinking of. But Carlos Hines and Darius Harding are going to be the, those uh, between. And then, then one last guy, um, John Harge, who was a, who took a medical register last year. So there's going to be a lot of new people yeah, coming I'm, in this year. I really like all their newcomers. It's just a lot of newcomers to get you know all on the same page. Harge and um, Hines were at least with the team last year, so that that's a little different. Um, where so. I actually really like a lot of their pieces this year. Um, and we'll get a bit into that. Warwick is a guy that I was thinking maybe like Oglesby. Um, very good player. You know, basically, if he contributes right away, he's going to be a special player for the team just because they bring back so many upperclassmen guards. Um, I really think, and honestly, I really think. I mean, and again, and again, work is a work is a JUCO guy, so he's got a couple of years of college no. basketball under his belt. Warwick, so, Harding. I think Warwick is I'm, a freshman. I'm sorry, freshman. Yeah, oh. um, Harding is the JUCO guy, um, and I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah oh, I'm sorry. He was a finalist for Mister Kentucky's Mister Basketball. So yeah, yeah. So he's definitely got some upside to him for sure. And I, I just. Right. 
So, with, so Northern Kentucky fan is just going to be all over my ass this week, so that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Can't yeah. remember the Darius Harding's name. Thought Marcus Warwick was a Juco guy initially, and I'm like such an idiot today. I got us this week. They're going to like a lot of what's coming out this week. Um, yeah. Actually, by the time we're airing this. Although, although I'm sure they're not jazzed about the fact we picked them seventh. <laughs> no, they were not. They liked everything about the preview but that, and I – it's just hilarious, too, by the way. And by just, the way, the, the other team fine. that was – by the way, the other team that was not happy that we picked them so low is is the next team, which is – oh, wait, not – I'm sorry. Not the next team. It's the team after that. Um, Detroit Mercy is Detroit Mercy. Yeah. <laughs> Detroit I, Mercy – Detroit Mercy, their biggest question is – for the last two years, it's been Antoine Davis and everybody else. Now you got to figure out who the everybody else is. Now they got Chris Brandon. Chris Brandon did pretty well last year, so at least he's an option. So, so I, the, the question then becomes, who else? Yeah, I actually think with Chris Brandon, um, he kind of fits the mold of a lot of the guys that I'm picking as like a breakout player. But I actually think um, he's going to be held back from doing that. Like I think in many regards, Torian Thompson is going to be very, very helpful for Chris Brandon, allowing him to go to the four, you know, allowing him to play kind of more his natural position. But at the same time, you look at what Torian Thompson did before he got to the Horizon League, and that's it's another situation like Tijon Lucas last year, or um, I would argue even he's a higher-ranked recruit than Lucas and Sam. True, he was. He's, you know, his freshman year at Syracuse was outstanding. Um, the big issues that he has run into, so there was kind of a, he was, he averaged over nine points a game at Syracuse as a freshman. They were an NIT team that year. So, um, you know, it, in that regard, it's maybe a little bit more comparable to, you know, uh, Sandy Cohen being a solid contributor for Marquette when they weren't an NCAA tournament team. But, I mean, nine points a game. So his, he transferred to Seton Hall where he lost minutes because they, they, you know, defensively he wasn't doing as well as the other guys in the lineup. Mm -hmm. I think, so for one, Detroit's not going to have anyone who's going to keep him from getting his minutes. Um, no. The Horizon League's not really a great defensive league. Our defensive player of the year missed like a third of the season last year. So, um, well, there's that, yeah. And he is, you know, now he is bigger than everyone else. So that may kind of mitigate a lot of those things. Really, the only way I see him not being an all league guy is he was actually someone I was alluding to yesterday when we were talking about the, um, you know, the opportunity to get an extra year of grad school with him being a grad transfer. Yeah. He was academic all Big East at Seton Hall his first year there. He, he's a guy who clearly takes academics seriously. Uh, the only way I don't see him being a star is if he is kind of just in it for the degree and he's going to go through the motions. I mean, I still think he'd be – a solid player in the Horizon League. This is uh, true. This is very true. But Indeed. If he comes in with a chip on his shoulder, I and think he may. a huge problem in the league. And I think, you know, that gives them a second guy. And I, I would also say, you know, when I mentioned him helping out Chris Brandon by allowing him to move to his more natural position, 
Yeah. Um, Brandon could in turn help him by being a really good defender. So yeah. um, Mike Davis might have finally found the guy. Finally. <laughs> All that said, and um, most Detroit people are really, really big on this Noah Waterman if they can get him free. Yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not as... That's the other thing, too. So well, I don't know if he... There's obviously a couple complications. He has six or, what, seven or eight Division One games under his belt. Um, he was starting for Niagara out of the gate, but then he got injured and had to miss the rest of the year. Okay. Uh, there's obviously the waiver that he has to overcome. Is he going to be, you know, back at 100%? Uh, and then obviously recovering from a serious injury isn't the same as, you know, playing your whole freshman year and, you know, growing from there. Now that you're used to playing division one, he yeah. didn't get, he dipped his toe in the water, didn't really get the full shot. So I'm not sure if he's going to come in and be, you know, if he had played his whole season and shot the way that he shot last year and, you know, started basically everything but the first three games of the season for Niagara, that's the type of player that I see as, you know, potentially being a breakout player. Uh, I just wonder if with him, you know, getting hurt, if that changes things and now he kind of has to go through the whole, go through the motions of, you know, back to square one. Okay. Solid player. My first full season. And now I'm ready. And, you know, it's time to break through. My big thing is I just try not to fall for the Detroit Mercy hype train. You know, we heard that about, oh, yeah, Willie Isiani is this three-point masterpiece and a big and blah, blah, Make it rain! But, but, but he's not a difference maker. And, you know, like, when you tell me a kid is 6'11", but he just grew into it, and he's coming out of Niagara, which is, I'm okay, it's, yeah, it's Div 1, but it's not a great school. Like, I'm not that excited about it. It's probably pretty lateral to the Horizon League would be my thing. Um yeah, it is, and yeah, I think that's going to be some. That's going to be a complication for him. It really is. I skipped over Green Bay for some reason. That was nope, stupid. Nope. nope. I don't know. What happened. The the two articles, like we goofed. They got switched. Uh, we're good. I know what happened. I don't know how to schedule anything right because I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we got another new coach, Will Ryan. The I mean, so. And they have Amari Davis. Always good to have Amari Davis. But they got so many new parts, though. I mean, they got, you know, don't get me wrong. Josh Jefferson is a good addition. Demonte Taylor is damn good. Um, and they got P.J. Pipes, who, you know, here's a kid who's probably going to start this year, more than likely. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, but the question then remains, hey, what do we do about this? I mean, you know, what do they look like? I mean, as far as as far as size, it does not look like they have any kind of size. They do not have a whole hell of a lot of size. Okay, so I, I said I was going to tease some stuff. I've got an all-freshman team coming out tomorrow. I'm just going to flat out give this one away. I have Terrence Thompson, all-freshman team. He came into college you know, pretty highly acclaimed. I was definitely hoping. So he's from La Crosse, Wisconsin. I was hoping to come play for Milwaukee uh, once the coaching change happened. Didn't happen. Um uh, they have him, junior college transfer Paris Taylor, who if you – over the offseason, he was kind of talking in interviews af even after the coaching change about how, oh, you know, I'm anticipating needing to shoot more threes this year. So they might view him as kind of a hybrid, you know, tweener forward. Sure. Um, they have one other – so Kellogg, a recruit from last year, uh, 
came in as, you know, a six foot eight guard, essentially. Mm -hmm. So they, there's been talk of them using him in the post, even though, you know, naturally his skill set might be more perimeter oriented. And then uh, uh, one other true big man would be a kid from Turkey, and I'm going to butcher his name. I'm sorry. Um, so Terrence Thompson's competition is either kind of tweeners or wings and one other fre true freshman. So I, I think just kind of by nature of, you know, being the default guy. Um, so he, he came in with a lot more acclaim than say a Blake Lampman. But I think if Rashad Williams had been eligible all year, Blake Lampman probably doesn't make the all freshman team last year. Um, well, I mean, if we're being, if we're being honest, I mean, the, the, the all freshman team was kind of, I mean, we it, had, it, we had a problem trying to figure out who was going to be on the all freshman team. We're thinking what freshman was, actually played. It was way down. Yeah. Um, not good. This year is definitely going to be different. I think. I think so. Too. Yeah. I think there's kind of a mix of, you know, guys who are going to be forced into the action, but they also, I mean, a guy like Thompson. He yeah. held offers from, you know, Duquesne. He held offers from Bradley. He, he comes in with some hype. Um, so I think he's a guy who might just end up all freshmen because they have to play him a lot, and he's a pretty good player. Yeah. So um, now, we're, now we're, at, we're at Purdue Fort Wayne, and I know you've been wanting to talk about Jared Goffrey for a little bit. Absolutely. I so Jared Goffrey is kind of our now here's if you're talking about under the radar, Jared Goffrey is your guy. He's the you know, he's far and away he was their top scorer for Purdue Fort Wayne last year, who had a down season. Uh, he led him in assist too, not yeah. assist to turnover ratio, but um I think he is the only guy who earned any kind of all conference, all league honors last year. Yeah, did not make one of our first two teams. Uh, I will probably come to regret that. Yeah, yeah, I think you will. I voted for him. I'll throw it out. <laughs> um, I mean, he averaged, you know, what, like 15.6 points per game, 4.5, yeah. 3.5. Like, he was, you know. Uh, that was 4.5 rebounds a game, by the way. I should know this. I'm the one who wrote this. <laughs> yeah, like, he's. A six foot five, he was kind of thrust into the point guard role, which it seems like he's probably going to have again this year. Um, there are a few guys who, like, if you look at, it's kind of weird, if you look at Carlos Hines and then Jordan Lathan, uh, a couple transfers into the league, Hines is definitely playing, Lathan may or may not. That's weird up in the air thing I'm trying to follow up on. Um, their first year, they were averaging, you know, one assist to one turnover. Second year, they kind of figured it out. If he does that, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be an all-league player. Um, sure. And I'm saying top two teams. I, I believe we're going to have a third team all-league going forward. Now that we're we have absolutely, we, we have too many, we have too many, we have too many teams right now to not go three teams. I, right, I mean, like every single team had an Antoine yeah. averaging 25 a game. And, you know, a bunch of role players are, other than that, you're really going to leave. I mean, it, it complicates things at the end of the. Of course it does. The all league teams where you've got a couple guys averaging like nine making third team. But you're not going to leave a guy who's, you know, averaging 25 off an all league. Yeah. In the so, 
so yeah, with 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 Fort with Purdue Fort Wayne, their big challenge is because John Kaufman prides himself on three point shooting. This is where he makes his bread and butter. This is where you know he's had guys like John Conchar back in the day. When I say back in the day, it was only a couple of years ago, who who were absolute sharpshooters. Last year, their last season in the Summit League, their three point shooting was was down considerably. So. Their biggest that's gonna be their biggest challenge this year. So that's gonna be and I think where they where that how they kind of fix that, um, you know, they they brought in a couple of new guys. They brought in a guy named Bryce Waterman. I'm assuming he's not related to Noah Waterman, but I didn't check into that. I didn't but you know, they got some they've got some guys who can shoot threes. They've got a bunch of they got Waterman who can shoot threes, they got Demetri Corden who can shoot threes. I mean they they and let's also not forget they still have a waiver out there for Jalen Pipkins, the guy from uh, the guy from Loyola, Chicago. So I mean theoretically they can get these guys in here. So that's going to be. But the big thing for them is definitely going to be can they start shooting threes the way that John Kaufman wants them to be shooting threes. And I think that's going to be a big question mark for them. Definitely. And that's one where I was kind of bringing it up with Cleveland State. They had, you know, a similar concern and they went out and they got big time guys. Um, I wouldn't, there's a little bit more of an unknown when it comes to the Purdue Fort Wayne guys, as far as, you know, how they're going to translate going from, I think. But the difference between Cleveland State and Fort Wayne is that they got a, they we already know they've got a known quantity in Jared Goffrey, whose three point shooting was down last year. We you know the 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 hope for Kaufman obviously is that he bounces back and does a little bit more next year. Yeah. So you at least have that known quantity where Cleveland State didn't really have a three point shooter last year. True. True. So there's going to be so that's going to be kind of the that's going to be kind of their X factor. In terms of you know, do they if they can if they can get the shots to fall, I think they finish higher than tenth. If not, I mean, and again, you you know, we we make all these predictions, but if we're being honest with ourselves, between about three and ten, you could basically put a blanket. Uh, three and even three and t- three through twelve, you could probably put a blanket over all of them. Yeah, um, I, I've mentioned it a couple times on Twitter. I would be less surprised if twelfth place swept second place than I would have been if IUPUI beat Northern Kentucky once last year. Um, I think, I know you guys had previously talked about how you felt the the bottom of the league was a little stronger, the middle of the league was a little stronger, and Wright State had maybe taken a step back. Honestly, I think, to me, the middle of the, or I guess, I don't know, most of the league is fairly comparable to the point that um i mean if we're going with iupui as 12 i wouldn't be shocked if they swept youngstown state i wouldn't predict it but i wouldn't be shocked by it so we're down to the bottom we're down to the last two teams and i i guess this is kind of a little i mean is it is it the fact that we have so much at the at the from from up to tenth place that we have a a Milwaukee and a, an IUPUI in the bottom two spots? Uh, I, IUPUI especially to me is a head is a head scratcher at twelfth, and I know I picked him at twelfth, and I just it just seems like there's an intangible thing here that prevents me from picking them any higher than twelfth. I mean, which is weird because they've got Elijah Goss. The leading rebounder, the league's leading rebounder. They've got 
Mar- Marcus Burke coming back. They've got Jay Luminette coming back. Um, Grant Weatherford is gone, but he's uh, but Mike DePersia is probably going to fill in for him. I mean, I, is it going to be a question of is are they? I guess the question that I have is are they just going to basically is the issue going to be the same as they had last year? Is that they got all this talent, but they're going to run out of gas because they have no depth? So I th- I'm guessing that's what. And I think that was my assessment in the whole John, situation. John, I know you're going to break this down. I just got to say real quick, IUPUI is going to make me either look really smart or really dumb because despite the fact we all collectively had them in 12th, I have them in 6th. And I, <laughs> I usually try to – I can see them. that. I can totally see that. Again, they so, have all this talent, and it just, I just drives can't me deny crazy it. that they're just so bad. Maybe it's because I watched them beat Oakland a few times last year for whatever yeah. reason, but like – I, I can't deny how good that team should be. And I, I they ended up in sixth in my poll. And I'm either going to look really stupid and have to hear it from the Northern Kentucky people, or <laughs> I might actually have done something right. I'm not sure, but probably not. So the way that I wrote their preview um, with the Persia at point guard, that's, yeah. I guess, to me, the way that I see them having the most success. I think... Think they might go with Manette at point guard and then one of the junior college guys as kind of filling in for him on the wing. Um, th- this might just be me speaking on a few kind of unfortunate circumstances, but mm-hmm. in the past when Milwaukee has had a guy who, if, if I'm, you know, Grant Weatherford last year and I've got Jalen Manette on one side of me, Marcus Burke on the other side of me, I'm looking to maybe do something to score, but ultimately to try and get one of them the ball because they are elite scorers. Um, and if, every other game they were. And if every I, other game they fell off the planet. If I'm Jalen Minette and I have the ball, I want to score. You know, So having you know your primary ball handler be a guy who, do you really want him looking to pass is kind of an issue. Um, and I kind of brought it up at, a few years ago or a couple of years ago when Darius Roy was the point guard for Milwaukee season, obviously went off the rails. Darius Roy is a guy who Milwaukee wanted to shoot the ball, not to pass the ball. Um, back in 2013, when Milwaukee had Jordan Aaron at point guard, uh, he was, you know, kind of the, the pariah of the team add in Steve McHorter at point guard, move Jordan Aaron over to shooting guard, make the NCAA tournament, all of a sudden Jordan Aaron becomes the most popular guy, at least within Milwaukee basketball circles. <laughs> Maybe not the most popular guy on campus. And, Milwaukee is another, and by the way, Milwaukee is another – yeah, and maybe it's because the last two seasons they just tanked the second half of the season on both occasions, and I'm not 100% that they won't do it again. Uh, maybe that's why I still think that it got them ranked so lowly because they they do they start out the horizon they start out the conference schedule doing pretty okay, not not setting the world on fire but they're in the mix in the middle of the pack as everybody else is and then somewhere after game ten it just goes downhill and I I've never been able to understand that I mean you know last year they did it the year before they lost eleven games in the row and made Cleveland State look you know functional by comparison. Wait, hold on. I, I know you guys are jumping to Milwaukee. I have I gotta put something out there on IUPUI. Hold on. Yeah. Pause for a second for me. And then I'll let you sure. have your Milwaukee moment. Oh, Marcus Burke, we know he you know he declared for the NBA draft and he came back, right? 
I think he's going to be playing point guard for them this year. I think that's what the NBA guys are telling him is he at six three. He's gonna if he's gonna make the NBA, we know he can that's score. True. He's got to play the point, and I think that's what we're all missing. Okay, that'd be interesting. But again, um, I haven't said that out loud yet, so I wanted to put it in the podcast at least. So if it yeah, does, well, it's interesting you mentioned that, but at the same, the big issue that they have is that okay, um, see, that's the problem that they have is that are they deep enough to let uh, to be able to get away with that without, you know, losing something in the other, in the rest of the rotation. So because if you put him on, put you him at the point, you know, who's playing the two or the three, you're going to have Manette by him, but who's the other guy? Well, they're junior college guys, uh, Bobby Harvey and Azaria say um, they're on paper. They look pretty good. Um, To me, if it's not, uh, Matt brings up a really good point, and that kind of threw me off. Um, Sorry, like I said, you, I, I saw the Milwaukee conversation going, and I, I had to get this out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not, you're actually not wrong because, as we know, Marcus Burke declared for the draft early, and then obviously withdrew. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting point. And if he has, you know, that motivation to look to pass, like, okay, I get that, I get that. You know, like. Uh, I, I, I almost see it like Kendrick Nunn on Miami, you know, as an Oakland person, like, you know, Kendrick Nunn is around that same six, three and no one thought he could play the point, but guess what? The way that their system works, he, he's fine at the point for them. And I have a feeling that, you know, for someone like Burke, maybe that's what the, the scouts told him when he went and got, you know, his analysis done and all that. Like, Hey, go back and show us you can run the point and get used to, to having the ball in your hands and not just scoring. What okay. else can you do? That's an interesting point. Um, Cause yeah, other than that, to me, it has to be DePersia or Bakari Lestrap at point guard um, just because then basically the rest of their rotation besides uh, Elijah Goss and Isaiah Brown is shooting guards. Like, <laughs> uh, it, so, hmm, yeah, yeah. If Marcus Burke has that as motivation to, you know, run the point and, you know, look for other guys and, you know, really make it happen and he can do it, then, um, yeah, that could a different team, you know, like that change, that could potentially change the dynamic of that team. I will. We know the talents there. Outside of the three incoming players I mentioned, I'm not very high on the rest of the guys they've got coming in. It's a lot of junior college guys who they were all kind of role players in junior college. And I mean, um, I don't so want to maybe, do that right now. Maybe that's exactly what they needed, you know, because you know Burke and Manette are going to have in are going to have you know seventy five percent of the shots. You just need some guys to play D and fill fill some gaps. But if you're averaging five points a game on a team where the leading scorer is averaging over fifteen and he winds up at UIC, are you Horizon League level? Like they've got some sure. guys who were reserves at you know the Citadel, reserves at. Division two, West Georgia, um, guys who weren't getting off the bench at schools where I, I'm just not sure unless there was, you know, a huge breakthrough that some of these guys are necessarily going to be more than, okay, he's, he's worth five fouls. That's my concern with a lot of their incoming players. Nope. Totally valid. Like I said, I just wanted to throw that, that theory out there before, before we yeah. move on. Yeah. Our, so, uh, one, last, one last wrinkle in this, and this is the one that I'm still trying to wrap my head around is that let's also not forget that Byron Rim is only good for this year. After next year, we don't really know what's going on. 
That's but assuming he was good last year. <laughs> I'm saying good as 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 in he is solidly IUPUI's coach. Yes, well, I yes, mean yes. last year he was the interim. This year he he it just seems like he's doing year to year contrasts and I'm like <laughs> why? Very so I mean I think I mean I can only chalk this up to the pandemic, which yeah. is which, yeah. which and I don't even I the, the problem that I have is that you know, you can use that excuse, but at the same time, UIC and Green Bay had no problem getting rid of their head coaches and replacing them. But in here is IUPUI doing the exact same. Now, I do rec- as I do remember, I, the entire IU system had a hiring freeze starting at the end of March and ended, I don't know when it ended, but let's also remember that IUPUI, that coaching, that head coaching opening was open from the minute Jason Gardner got fired. And the best way they could come up to fix it, to, to address that situation is have Byron Rim on another year. Out of curiosity, do you know when the, when the hiring freeze ended? I want to say sometime in June, I want to say. Um, One thought I have, I mentioned him last year. Stan Girard, uh, he he left the University of Indianapolis for his alma mater, Southern Indiana. Uh, he took the job in April, so it, it's possible he was, you know, on their list or very much the guy. And they, by the time the hiring freeze was lifted, that was off the table. Yeah, well, if you're going to put all your eggs in that basket, I mean, that just doesn't seem smart, personally. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of guys that could have applied for that job. Stan Gerard, and, and by the way, I still maintain that Gerard is going to Stan Gerard is going to Southern Indiana so they can make the jump to Division One. I'm standing by that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the you know, and that's that's kind of a big. And so, I mean, if you look at it, it just seems like if. I, it just seems like it, he's he's obviously if you look at the the way he's the the team is situated he's in win now mode, but given how the Horizon League is stacked up, can they win now? And I don't really know. Matt thinks so a little bit. I don't. I think I like Zoe Tyson, who they had graduate more than I like any of their incoming big men. So. I, I think their post they have more bodies, but they might not be I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that therein lies the problem. Um so that's the so the so I mean obviously the big thing is now we're going to be, you know, and then like I said, with with Milwaukee, you run into the same problem. You got T John Lucas, you got you got two you got two kid two guys who had really good freshman years and and C.J. Wilborn and Courtney Brown Jr. Um, the Lathan thing, it's still up in the air, obviously. They brought in DeAndre Golston, who, as we pointed out yesterday, you know, he was playing, you know, he was on that super stacked Tallahassee Community College team, and he did pretty damn well for himself. Um, but the question becomes, you know, do they do exactly what they did the last two years? So my only thing with you guys picking them so low um... – they didn't finish. They had more teams below them last year with less teams in the league. Uh, <laughs> I think really what it what I'm looking at for them is a second scorer 
it could be Golston. And if Jordan Lathan becomes eligible, I think they could be better than last year. Um, and, and with a couple weeks left to go in the season last year, or three weeks maybe, they were potentially looking at having a buy in the first round of the Horizon League tournament, and then it all went off the rails. Uh, if they, if Golston and Lathan, I think if you have those two guys, you potentially have kind of the replacement to Darius Roy and then some. Um, Vin Baker Jr., to me, he definitely has the... He seems like a guy who could take over a lot of what DeAndre Abram is, different type of player, but I guess similar impact. He's not, you know, ironically, he's not much of a three-point shooter, but, you know, a big wing. Um, And then you just have all these new scholarship guys. To me, I think... I think single digits for Milwaukee, which obviously um, I know you guys didn't agree with. I know a lot of pollsters didn't agree with people either kind of had them at like nine or 11, 12. It was really interesting. You know, John, you know what the biggest thing for me was with Milwaukee? Hmm. Somebody had to be at the bottom and that was kind of, you know, as I'm putting this together and I know you guys all experience, you know, I know that Northern Kentucky fans are beside themselves where they ended up in our poll and then they found out where I personally had them and then I became target number one. Somebody has to be at the bottom. And we talk yeah, about logjam in, in this league yeah. so much. But and somebody that, has that, to be, be down would, there. It's not going to be a tie for third place for everybody, you know? Yeah, no, no. And I – Much as we've tried the last two seasons to make a tie for third place with a bunch of teams. Yeah, there, there might be in the power rankings. But other than that, <laughs> uh, the, I, I definitely get that because as the guy who is tagged in our season preview – I got all the notifications about people's complaints about the, the poll. Um, and yeah, everyone thinks they're going to be second. So, and that, you know, and that's great. Everybody's feeling good about the season. I think there is a lot of parity in the league and we've talked about that, but the, but the reality is when you're putting these polls together, as you guys know, so you have to put yeah. someone in 12th, you have to put someone in 11th. And as you start to play it out and you start to imagine, you know, what, how that's going to play out, you start to just kind of guess, but there's no, super obvious answer because i mean no, like really i need the point to iupi how i why i didn't put them in 12 like a lot of people did and you know like yeah. you can make points for these teams and that's why we play the games yeah and i've that's tried right. it throughout you know both segments of this um even though i complain i totally acknowledge like milwaukee or so really i don't think there's a big gap between 2 and 12 there might even be you know if there are issues at point guard for Wright State. There could even be a smaller gap between one and the rest. Yes, of- yes, yes, yes. I've said that. I had Wright State one, but I'm not as high in them as a lot of people. I don't yeah. think they're running away with this league. And and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about, um, like, last year, Trey Calvin wasn't really asked to be a point guard. Um, he he kind of played like a – it's kind of a situation where it seems like they're going to kind of pigeonhole a two into the one – and as like I was just talking about with IUPUI, I've seen that go horribly, horribly wrong before as a Milwaukee fan. So maybe, you know, maybe that closes that gap too. Um, Plus, uh, Wright State sounds like they're going to try to play, you know, the, the slow it down defensive big, you know, gen, or um, Love and uh, Basili on the floor at the same time, which is a different style that may or may not work with with what else is going on around. You know, there's there's so many question marks. Yeah. Yes. 
And there will be. This is like you said, but this is why we play the games. I, I think this league might be a giant rock fight this year. <laughs> well, and then we're gonna have to. Well, hear it just seems like, but again, it, it was it was a giant rock fight last year, and it was a giant rock fight the year before. The only difference is we have more teams to fight rock uh, fight with uh, than rock fighting now. And yeah. then we're gonna hear from the fans about why you know the league sucks and the Ken Palm's all bad and blah 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 blah. blah. No, there's just a lot of parody, and we're just gonna kind of all beat up on each other for a while and see how it all plays out. Guaranteed. We are indeed, and that's exactly how this is going to go, and it is what it is. I mean, you know, so, all right, so with that said, um, we're going to close out this uh, this second part, which was way longer than the first part, so obviously... If nine hours far, of podcasting. Nine hours of podcasting, jeez Louise. People make fun, these are the types of podcasts that people make fun of on Twitter. <laughs> But Sorry, a long, man. long time. If anybody so, John, listens to all of this, I want you to like just send me a send me a tweet. Let me know that you actually listen to all both of these episodes because I will be impressed. <laughs> I would seriously hope so. I mean, we have enough people listening to these things all the time. That I mean, come on. Come this on. this is a lot. This is a lot of like in depth basketball nerding happening here. All right, John, you were you were really time. close to getting that third episode. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean. Are we sure we don't have it? If the poll comes out tomorrow, if the oh, poll comes out Monday morning, I think we might have to have a special episode. Um, actually, this is, well, we're posting this for the second part on Monday. So if it, if you're listening to this right now, and all of a sudden the Horizon League uh, schedule comes out today, you may be in you may be in for another for a bonus episode. So we're <laughs> just, just throwing that out there day. right now. Every oh, day, new podcast. We, we, yeah, podcast every day, articles every day. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Podcast That's what we're doing. preview week turns into preview six months. <laughs> preview six what is months. this? The we, elections? <laughs> we have we have been waiting for this our yeah. We've been waiting for this our whole like, we've been waiting for this all off season. We're just dumping it all on you. And you've been waiting for it too. I know you all have. I know you all have. So um John, of course, we can find you on Twitter at JJ Parker084. We know where you are, and clearly so does everybody else. Yeah. Morse Nation found him. I'll be tagged and everything, so you can just click that. <laughs> He's been doing enough stuff for HorizonRoundtable.com. If you don't know who he is, I mean, well, John, everybody, everybody, John. Yeah, about 80% of our tweets are going to have my name in them, so just click on that. You're fine. Exactly, more than likely. So, um, so and again, as always, HorizonRoundtable.com, you know where everything is now. You should know where everything is right now. Um, although I should point out, we have a lot more followers, so welcome all of you. Horizonroundtable.com, that's where we're at. Um, then we followers, course, that means we're doing our job. That's right. We are, we are definitely killing it. And, um, and again, be sure to follow, uh, be sure to, um, you know, subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Um, always good. By the time this comes out, there's actually going to be new Facebook content. Yes, that's true. Yes, John. Key, yes, John is running our Facebook page now because I refuse to go anywhere near Facebook. <laughs> um, you know, and you can jump it on your Amazon, or uh, you can definitely jump on your Amazon or Google devices. I know it works. I have my Echo set up, so I know it works. So um, that's gonna wrap it up for every, for us. And for the second t- second day in a row, thank you for listening.